0: This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast.
1: There's a church in the valley by the wildwood, no lovelier spot in the day. No place is so dear to my child. The little brown church in the vale Oh come, 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 come Come to the church in the wildwood Come to the church in the dale No spot is so dear to my childhood As the little brown church in the vale Oh come to the church in the wild wood, to the trees where the wild flowers bloom, where the parting hymn will be chanted, we will weep by the side of the tomb. Oh, come, 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 come to the church in the wild wood, come to the church in the day. So dear to my childhood as the little brown church in the vale. How sweet on a clear Sabbath morning to listen to the clear ringing bell, its tones so sweetly are calling. Oh, come to the church in the vale. Oh, come. Wildwood, come to the church in the vale. No spot is so dear to my childhood as the little brown church in the vale. From the church in the valley by the wildwood. When day fades away into night I would fain, from the spot of my childhood Wing my way to the mansions of light Oh, come, 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 come Come to the church in the wildwood Come to the church in the dale No spot is so dear to my child As the little brown church in the vale. Hark the glad sound, the Savior comes, the savior.
0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Isaiah speaks of our God as a shepherd. God will feed us and gather us in God's arms. This is the candle of hope and it illuminates God's promise. This is the candle of love and its light leads us in God's way. We await the coming of Christ. We will prepare the way of our God We await the coming of Christ. With love in our hearts, we wait. Welcome to Worship Good Neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ worship service sponsored by the Lutheran churches of Duranda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tegg, and thanks today to Jim Hagerud and Debbie Tegg, our musicians, Eileen Platten, our reader, And provider of the children's message and our recording engineer is brad anderson you are able to join us by nuic podcast and at 8 a.m each sunday morning on wpca radio 93.1 fm and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org if you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Joan Longton, in uh, honor of Becky Anderson. And we want to thank WPCA Radio also for this broadcast. Next Sunday we'll be at Duranda Lutheran for our uh, Christmas program. And again, we'd love to see any of you who want to come and see this play uh, next Sunday at 9.30. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross to enhance your worship space. And we hope that you can maybe have a Bible or Bibles for the kids for home, your home worship time. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God and to open our hearts to the Spirit of God, God's love and presence, and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit our breath of life. We confess our sins before God and one another, ever-present god we come before you in need of grace too often our thoughts are judgmental and condemning of others too often our worlds are sarcastic or harsh as harmful as weapons too often our actions are motivated by selfishness and we do not realize the hurt or need in others forgive us O god and draw us back into right relationship with you our neighbors, and your creation. Now hear this, the promise is sure, Christ's advent is near, and in Christ we are forgiven all our sin. Know that you are a beloved child of God and be strengthened in all goodness. Amen. Well, we'll join. hope you can join us with our gathering songs.
1: streets of that city of gold where we all Oh,
0: continue with the morning litany. We are like grass. We wither and fade. God is eternal. God's word endures forever. Still God loves us. In divine mystery, God chose to come among us, not as some indelible being, but as a human, like grass that withers and fades. God chose this frail and fragile form in profound love and solidarity with us. We do not have to understand it. We need only stand in quiet awe of God's presence. God of love, you comfort us in our worry and our sorrows. You promise to restore us now and eternally. Sustain us in our waiting during this Advent season and always in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now I encourage you to share the sign of peace with yourself or with someone worshiping with you today, and beginning with a touch on the forehead and using the Trinity formula, be blessed, or I am blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, we turn to the Holy
2: Scriptures. The first reading is from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort, O comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term and that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their consistency is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Here ends the reading. The Holy Gospel according to Mark chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah. See, I am... Sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way the voice of one crying out in the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord make his path straight John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins Well good morning boys and girls It's now time for the children's message or as I like to say for all of us who are still children at heart Last week, Steve told you that if you go to our website, www.nuicparish.org, and you click on the events tab, and then you can click on the word that says Advent, you can print out and color a picture of your own Advent wreath. Each week, we're going to focus on a different candle. So last week, Steve told us that Advent means arrival or coming. The season of Advent is a season of expectation and hope. Believers across the world spend the weeks before Christmas preparing for that day of beauty and light. So Steve talked about the prophet's candle last week and how it symbolized the hope of Advent. So if you printed out the wreath from our website, you could have colored the hope candle. Today, we're going to look at what we call the Bethlehem candle that symbolizes faith or love. In this second week, the second purple candle is lit, reminding us to remain faithful to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. This week, you may color the love candle on your advent wreath. The Bethlehem candle reminds us of the waiting that Mary and Joseph did as they prepared for the arrival of Jesus. Have you ever asked your parents about or heard the story of when you were born? One, if not the most famous birth narrative in history, is the birth of Jesus. Each of us might not remember every line of that story, but we most likely are able to tell the story. Having a baby is one of the most joyous and anxious times in a person's life. Even more so when an angel tells you that you're going to give birth to God's one and only son. The candle we light this week of Advent is called the Bethlehem candle. Mary and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem to take part in the census of Roman rule and while there, gave birth to Jesus. The Bethlehem candle reminds us of the waiting that Mary and Joseph did as they prepared for the arrival of Jesus. Mary and Joseph waited for a miracle to happen for nine months. They knew that Jesus, the Son of God, would change their whole lives and so they waited with anticipation for Jesus' birth. Mary and Joseph spent nine months in limbo having to rely on their faith about whether what the angel told Mary so many months ago would come true. That's a long time and I don't know about you but waiting for me is often difficult and this waiting was made much more stressful by the fact that they had the added pressure of waiting for God's Son. Can you imagine being the parent of the Son of God? As Mary and Joseph prepared for Jesus, we too prepare for Jesus' birthday. Faith is a funny thing. It's something we are told to have, but it's so hard to define and explain. Each one of us has much faith every day. In Hebrew 11, it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That kind of faith is the kind that Mary and Joseph had when preparing to welcome baby Jesus, and it's the kind of faith we reflect on during Advent. They had hope and assurance of things unseen. This is the type of faith we are called to have on an Advent. Sometimes it's hard to see what God has or where God is, but this Advent we are reminded to have faith, just like Mary and Joseph did so long ago. So could you please bow your head and fold your hands and join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we light the second ad- advent candle of faith and love, may your love inspire us to love one another as you have loved us. Let your love guide our actions and words. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Change my heart, oh
1: God, make it ever my heart oh.
0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord our Rock and our Redeemer. The narrative uh, uh, has a deal where it talks about the preaching theme and try to look at it. And I think I enjoyed just a part of this one where it, it talks about how that which is temporary is precious in God's eyes. In fact, it's so precious that God uses it as a primary vessel of what is eternal. In other words, Mark takes it, the Gospel of Mark, pushes this claim even further, teasing us with a reminder that God doesn't just look on the temporal or the temporary, God took on the temporary. God, in all of God's glory, became human for no other reason than to love what is human. That's an awful, marvelous statement. It's uh, to think that God would take on this frail frailty of humanness as you read about the grass withering and so forth. I've been kind of struggling with this talk, so bear with me as I go through some of the things here. Uh, I read a sermon a while back uh, that just really kind of got me thinking in a different way of how I look, at preparing our hearts for God, which we're doing in Advent. I think I've always kind of thought that when John the Baptist was preaching about repent, he was talking to those who had really messed up. I mean, you know, what we would call the drug addicts, the ones on Skid Row, the ones who uh, had done really awful stuff. And we need to remember that actually he did talk to those, but remember when all of a sudden there were some others that came, some scribes and, and stuff, and religious leaders who came to hear him, and he looked at me and said, Who told you brood vipers to come? Why are you here? And as we see Jesus' life, we see that over and over again. When you look at who received his grace and mercy and, and, and stuff, it were people who were hurrying and struggling and he seemed to really love them and it was those who were very religious who followed the law of moses in fact they quote that in the gospels that quite often we are of moses moses was the giver of the law so what does that say to us about what john was doing well let me share some thoughts and this first one is kind of fun A cartoon which appeared in a popular magazine shows a doctor's office in which a young woman is saying this to her doctor. What can I do to feel better without giving up what makes me feel awful? Interesting statement, isn't it? What can I do to feel better without giving up what's making me feel awful? We can smile at that. But our smiles of amusement are also smiles of recognition, even smiles of identification. How can I lose weight without cutting down on any of my favorite foods? How can I get better marks in school or university without having to give up any of the extracurricular activities? Or how can I better have relationships with other persons at work and at play and at home and in my marriage without having to make some sacrifice in personal convenience and inclination, some sacrifices in desire and aspiration and freedom to do as I please? How can I find more satisfaction in life, more fulfillment, more happiness without having to change any of my cherished habits? What can I do to feel better without giving up what makes me feel awful? Does that resonate with you? It started to resonate with me, and as I think about Advent and what's going on in our life and our world, I find that, yeah, I don't like to give up some of my things that I do. Change is hard. I'm willing to settle for that which is good when I should be looking for that which is better or best. Let's take a look at a parable of Jesus, which this is shown. In this parable, a great supper is being prepared. Jesus made a very important point about this. The parable as a whole has other points, but the main principle is incomparably in its opening section. A rich man sends out many invitations for a great supper which he has planned. As the custom was in those days, shortly before the appointed time, he sends a servant to remind the invited guests. Well, you know, the first man approached, explains that, well, he will not be able to come. He has just bought a large piece of land, and he must inspect it immediately. Please accept my apologies, he says courteously. The second man to be approached is also well-mannered as he declines the invitation. He has just bought five teams of oxen and he must attend to them. He too says, please accept my apologies. And the third man says, I've just got married and for that reason I cannot come. A bridegroom, of course, should not be expected to leave his bride to attend a stag dinner. Jesus is likening the supper invitation to God's call To us to come under his rule and guidance to the commitment and faith which brings meaning and purpose in life now some would like to say well those excuses the three men had were just trivial and that the point here is i would challenge that line of interpretation i do not think the the excuses were trivial i find them quite plausible quite defensible A man who has put his money into land surely has a right, even a duty to check out his investment. Or a man who has just gotten six oxen in a big way should concern himself about the condition of his stock. And according even to Hebrew law, a man who is exempt from all military and civil duty for one year after his marriage, and surely a formal dinner can be included in that. But aren't these the kind of excuses which we quite sincerely and quite unblushingly make to one another and the kinds which we readily accept from one another? They cannot be dismissed as trivial evasions. Jesus' point here surely is in their plausibleness. Jesus is saying here that if you wish to know the assurance and the joys which faith can bring, you sometimes will have to give up things which are in themselves quite valuable, and neither trivial nor evil. The great practical danger of life for most of us, most of the time, is not that evil will defeat good, but that the good will crowd out the better, and the better the best. You can't have this if you want that. Does that ring a bell to you? And does that start to speak maybe what John the Baptist, as he was coming to prepare the way he was calling the people to turn around to do something different and it wasn't just against that which was evil it was against even some of the things that were good but they were taking the place of preparing their hearts for god and if you go on further with that you would also say that he was telling those the law is important it's a good thing but we need to start understanding that Jesus came not with preconceived ideas that we have of him, but as somebody who came in love and in mercy and servanthood. You see, many of the people, even those who took in and prepared their hearts for Jesus through John the Baptist still had this preconceived idea that Jesus would come and become a military ruler who would have power and would chase out the Romans and Israel would be free and they could live differently. But Jesus didn't come that way, did he? And we're thankful that he didn't because it wasn't just for Israel. It wasn't that Jesus was going to come according to the law to condemn and and make people despair of life. But he came to give hope in his love and care for even the least, from children to old people. He came for those who were disenfranchised, those who were lost, those who were struggling with life, and he came to give them hope. John the Baptist was asking them to turn around and start looking at different ways of life and to see what this God incarnate was going to do as we get ready for Christmas, the birth of Christ. Maybe we need to look a little differently at things that we do for Christmas. Gerhard Frost shares uh, a neat little story. We were speaking of children and he shared this with me. Little sisters, four and six today, the male brought what they liked and looked for, a catalog replete with many colored pictures. The first to page it was the six-year-old. She turned each page possessively, saying wherever she found what pleased her, I want this and I I want this and this. The ceremony of selfishness ended. It was a moment of the four-year-old. She didn't know the why of catalogs. She turned pages pointing to two But now the words were new. We got this and we got this and this. Think about that. I want or we have. What difference it would make in this, our global village, if four-year-old love and wisdom ruled the day. Think of this as we prepare for Christmas if we could be starting with Thanksgiving, even though it's not a church holiday, but to start our advent with a thankful heart instead of worrying about the rush of what are we going to get and what are we going to give for others? But being thankful for what we already have, being thankful for being people of God who have learned to live by grace, not by the law so how do we prepare our hearts i think the four-year-old is teaching us something we first start with thankfulness thankfulness for what we have whose we are a god who is with us and all the blessings that god has shown us over and over again in our lives but then there's the other question that john the baptist had was how do we prepare others for the coming of Jesus. I would hope it would be for the same things that we would share. Kindness, love, forgiveness, work for reconciliation, being peacemakers, being poor in spirit, as the Sermon on the Mount would talk about, taking on those things that would attract other people so that they would see that there is a God of love and of faithfulness of caring, of mercy, who came to take on human form to let us know that God loved us, to grow and to provide miracles and to welcome those that other people wouldn't welcome into the family and taking all our sins and putting them on the cross on his shoulders to offer forgiveness, to offer salvation, and seeing a resurrected one who gives us hope. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I am the door of the sheep. Jesus said, I am the vine, the true vine. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Can we hear those titles? Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, all those things that speak of a God who cares for us and helps prepare our hearts for receiving the Christ child. May your heart and my heart Be open this Advent. Amen.
1: He came down that we may have love. He came down that we may have love. He came down that we may have love. Alleluia. He came down that we may have light. He came down that we may have light. He came down that we may have light. Hallelujah forevermore. He came down that we may have peace. He came down that we may have peace. He came down that we may have peace. Hallelujah forevermore. He came, came down down he came down that we may have joy. He came down that we may have joy. He came down that we may have joy. Hallelujah forevermore. Hallelujah forevermore.
0: Let us continue by sharing our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
1: Lord, listen to your children pray. Yeah.
3: In anticipation of the coming Messiah, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. Loving God, you call us through the prophets to prepare the way of Jesus. Make our hearts ready to receive your most precious gift. God of promise, in mercy, hear our prayer. Bless all wilderness and direct us to the care and preservation of national parks and other wild spaces. That all might have the opportunity to experience their beauty. God of promise, in mercy, hear our prayer. You do not call the equipped, but equip the called. Prepare all new leaders with everything they need to serve with humility and commitment. God of promise, in mercy, hear our prayer. And fold in your healing arms all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit especially Vern Lee, Chuck Hutton, Ron Martinson, Joel Anderson, Chuck Bowe, Lisa, Jim Curtis, Kelsey Zamuda, Ron Lee, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Jim Wade, Helen Erickson, Ron Wilson, Judy, Julie Dubois, Scott Morgan, Randy Goglin, Ida Martinson, Helen Jorgensen, Becky Anderson, Shirley Lenz, Dean Muse, Jean Hoisington, Halyn Hoisington, Pete and Diane Fall, and the families of Laurel Flaton and Joyce Anderson. God of promise, in mercy, hear our prayer. Equip scientists and medical workers who strive to keep major public health threats at bay so that all might live in safe and healthy communities. God of promise, in mercy, hear our prayer. We remember with gratitude the saints who taught us to prepare the way of Jesus in our lives and our churches. Keep us mindful of their example as we work to get ready for the coming Christmas celebrations. God of promise, in mercy, hear our prayer. We lift all our prayers, spoken and unspoken, into your loving arms, trusting in your love and mercy, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. <clears throat>
1: Lord, listen to your children, pray. love, send us power, send us grace.
0: As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we have given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit be the power that moves us. Amen.
1: There are many people who will say they're Christians and they live like Christians on the Sabbath day. But come Monday morning till the coming Sunday, they will fight their neighbor all along the way. Oh, you don't love God. he gets into trouble and you don't try to help, him. then you don't love your neighbor and you don't love God. In the Holy Bible, in the book of Matthew, read the 18th chapter of the 21st verse. Jesus plainly must have mercy. There's a special warning in the 35th verse. Oh, you don't love God. If you don't love your neighbor, if you gossip about him, if you never have mercy. If he gets into trouble and you don't try to help love your neighbor and you don't love God There's a God Almighty and you've got to love him if you want salvation and a home on high If you say you love him while you hate your neighbor then you don't have religion Just told a lie. Oh, you don't love God. If you don't don't love your neighbor. If you gossip about him. If you never have mercy. If he gets into trouble and you don't try to help him. Then you don't love your neighbor. And you don't love God.
0: At this time, we'd like to celebrate communion. And as we gather with all the saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and the love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Do this as oft as you eat it in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, this is my new covenant, my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Our Father, Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or wafer, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus, the body of Christ broken for you. Now take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. And now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. Receive the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you a favor and grant you peace. Amen.
1: Some glad morning when this life is over, i fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. Has flown, I fly away, I fly away, oh glory, I fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I fly away. just.
0: for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small-town churches in Amor, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. take
1: you.